Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good day. To all of my fabulous listeners out there, I am so happy that you have decided to tune in to my show on this beautiful day that God has given us. My name is Teresa E. Keeves, and I am your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the great TalkZone.com internet radio. And I feel happy and blessed on this day as I realize that I am alive and well, and I'm energetic, I am strong, I'm empowered, and I am prosperous. And I'm certain that a lot of you out there feel the same way, too. I want to give a shout out to all my listeners who are listening to me, um, not only here in the United States, but also abroad. I appreciate you listening to me. And by the way, how the heck are you all out there? I know you're doing just fantastic. And I'm so happy once again that you have decided to tune in to me because I do know that you have other choices. All right. Today it is hot topic day. And my guests are the fantastic Reginald C. Campbell and the also fantastic Paris M. Daniel. And we're going to talk about the topics that are of interest and educational and inspiring for you listeners. And I have tasked my guests, listeners, with bringing a hot topic on their own that they would like to share with you for discussion as well. So stay tuned as this discussion is going to be interesting, educational, inspirational, fun and just off the chain. Now, the weather here is all over the place, like so many areas in our country. Today's high is a like a low of 80, uh, is going to be a high of 82, rather, with a low of like 50, 48. And we're going to get some much needed rain. They're saying next week, I'm looking forward to that. So, um, you know, and on that day, the temperature is supposed to dip down to maybe, you know, like 70 or 69. Okay, I want to acknowledge that February is Black History Month. Now, the month where people of color get the chance to be recognized for their great contributions to this country and international as well. For all of you listening to me, okay, if you are aware or if you are not privy to the greatness that lies within those who are descendants from slaves, go check it out like Madam C.J. Walker, born on a cotton plantation, became America's first self-made millionaire. She was also a philanthropist. And George Washington Carver, who was more than proficient in the sciences regarding the gifts that are contained in a little peanut, such as ink, cheese, coffee, and so much more that there were 300 products that was made from um, his, his work with the peanut. The NAACP organization is 100 years of age. John Mercer was the first to become a lawyer when he passed the bar back in 1854. In 1968, Shirley Chisholm was the first African-American to be elected to the House of Representatives. And President Barack Obama was the first man of color to become president of the United States of America for two terms. Now, those of you who don't know how fabulous black history is will perhaps be amazed. This is why I have said on my previous programs that it makes no sense for the, you know, to be prejudiced and particularly with Trump, who said during his campaign that black people have nothing and they have nothing to lose. So vote for me. 
What an untrue and ignorant statement, as I am certain that he has and still is using and is benefiting from products that were invented by black people. No, hmm. I just wonder, listeners, if he was told that George Washington Carver invented ink from a peanut, would he think twice before signing dumb crap? <laughs> you know, it's, I'm just saying it's just a thought. Okay. Now, here's a new segment of my call, uh, of my show called Say What? It is being reported on Essence.com by Sydney Scott, February 7, 2018, in part the following. In a plot twist no one saw coming, Quincy Jones, who is now 84 years of age, has revealed that he once dated Ivanka Trump. Yes, that's right. Jones once dated Donald Trump's daughter. In an interview with Vulture, the music legend shared 12 years ago, Tommy Hilfiger, who was working with my daughter, Kadita, said Ivanka wants to have dinner with you. I said, no problem. This is what Quincy is saying. I said, no problem. She's a fine ML. She had the most beautiful legs I had ever saw in my life. But wrong father, though. Okay. Jones, who admits he used to hang out with the current commander in chief, also calls Trump a crazy MF in a revealing interview. Now, calling out racism in America and how Trump rhetoric has encouraged people to be openly prejudiced, Jones said. Trump is just telling them what they want to hear. I used to hang out with him, he said. He's a crazy MF, limited mentality, and a me and a megalomaniac. Now that's a person who is who is obsessed with their own power. Is a narcissistic, and he says I can't stand him. All this comes after Jones' interview with um, GQ magazine. Now you could go to GQ.com, and this uh the January 29, twenty eighteen um, uh, publication by Robert Maxwell where he revealed that he has 22 girlfriends from Cape Town to Stockholm, adding that his daughter regularly asked him not to date women younger than him. I, that's all I'm saying. Okay, now moving on. Okay, now here is my dinner talk section for all of you, uh, my listeners, uh, should you want to engage. I want to talk to you guys about the flu epidemic. Now, we've talked about this before, but I want to uh, also add uh, a little bit more to it. Okay, now... The flu epidemic is still having a negative hold on our country now, and the virus is taking the lives of so many, especially the young children and baby boomers in particular, as is being reported by the media. Okay, now I'm sure a lot of you have heard the reports that although the flu shot is about 17 percent effective against H3N2, that is the influenza influenza strain. Here in America, that you should still get the shot, although its potential to protect you is low. Now, here's what I'm thinking, listeners. If I'm diagnosed with something, I want to know how did it occur? What actually caused this to happen to me? What mark did I miss or what did I what do I need to do to improve my daily health routine? So this does not happen again and I can get rid of it expeditiously as possible. Not to just go to the doctor and they start piling on a bunch of expensive medicines that I'm possibly allergic to. You know what I'm saying? So now, for example, with all of this talk about the flu epidemic, it is rarely talked about listeners with all of these professionals on television. For example, they do not mention, in my opinion, several facts that I feel would help with the devastation of this flu epidemic. The fact that a large number of parents listeners are on the decline for immunizing their children 
beta parents probably do not feel that it is necessary anymore to immunize their children. Okay. Now I understand that there are some cases that a child can be allergic to the immunization of certain shots. You know, I get that. Okay. And also what about maintaining every 10 year booster shots, which, um, by the way, my husband and I need to have that done. It is important as the child gets older and can keep up, you know, into adulthood. Now, I will share with you, my listeners, that I am not a proponent for getting the flu shot. Okay, let's just say that. However, I do not like to invoke. Um, I do like to invoke in my broadcast counterpoints to my belief, such as with those who are for getting the flu shot for their children. So having said that, According to www.popsci.com, Sarah Shodis of Popular Science, she did a report titled, This Flu Season Has Killed 53 Kids So Far. Here's what worried parents should do. She says in part, the flu season has been scary. The virus hit most of the U.S. simultaneously, and the severe H3N2 strain has put many in the hospital. And while we don't know Yet where the flu-related deaths are actually more common this year than average, we do know that 80% of the children who have died from this, um, you know, so far weren't vaccinated. It, she's saying that if your child already got the vaccine, the next step is to going to seem stupidly obvious, you know, have them wash their hands all the time, okay? She's saying that having your ch- uh, child wash their hands when they come home from school and remind them to do it while they're away from home. Even doctors and nurses spread infections in hospitals by not washing their hands enough. We could all save ourselves a lot of illness if we just use soap and, you know, soap a little more. Pro tip, don't use hot water. Okay, we're out there thinking that hot water, you know, is the thing. She's saying that this is a rookie, a rookie mistake. It keeps you from washing for long enough without actually killing more bacteria than tepid water would. So she's saying, you know, wash with a temperature you can tolerate for a long, long, you know, soapy scrub. And she goes on to say, yes, you know, there's actual a CDC hotline that you can contact to get information about things like the flu. And I want to give you guys that number is 1-800-CDC-INFO. That's 1-800-CDC-INFO. Otherwise, Call your pediatrician. And I'm also throwing in, you know, listeners that cleanliness, you know, is another important factor. You know, that's, you know, just real, you know, huge to me. You know, you, you, you know, you've got to make sure that, you know, your surroundings and things are, are clean. I'm also uh, talking, uh, saying my suggestions, you know, taking supplemental vitamins, especially vitamin C, having your child get good rest and, um, you know, and also, having um, good, you know, food prepared at the dinner table. You know, I'm always talking about, you know, um, dinner table talk. Okay. Now, I want to give a shout out to the family of Edward Jackson and the driver who recently lost their lives tragically. I pray that both families receive comfort as they are having to deal with their loss. You know, now I want to start my hot topic session right now by saying Mike Wells, a staff writer for ESPN, states the following in part. Colts Edwin Jackson killed by driver illegally in U.S. This is from ESPN.com listeners. The suspected drunken driver accused of hitting and killing Indianapolis Colts linebacker Edwin Jackson has been living in the country illegally and did not have a driver's license. Okay. And, um, 
you know, he said, um, the, 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 the person that, that hit, hit these, uh, two individuals, his name was Orego Sabala, 37, and he was arrested after trying to flee the scene on foot, according to the Indiana State Police. And this guy was intoxicated, according to the police, and he's being held in a Marion County, um, jail. Now, uh, Jackson and Moreau of, of Avon, Indiana were on the side of the inter- interstate when Moreau got out of the car to help Jackson, who was sick. Orega Savalo, who was driving a Ford F-150 truck, drove onto the emergency, emergency soldier, soldier, shoulder, <laughs> and hit the rear of the car, striking both Jackson and Monroe, with one of the bodies landing in the center lane of I-70, according to the police. Now, state trooper Ty Mays, who was in the area, reported the scene and he, you know, reported to the scene. He got there after seeing the victim on the side of the road. And then listen, listeners, in the process of slowing down, he hit the body of the victim who was in the center lane. Wow. Here's my question. Although this is tragic that happened to all, do you think this should be politicized? Now, to help me answer this, I'm going to bring on my guest right now. He is the world's best mental health therapist, and his name is Reginald C. Campbell. Very handsome, very smart, and I love to have him on my show. Welcome, Reginald. Hey, good morning. How are you? And good morning to our listening audience. And thank you, listening audience, for tuning in to us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Now let me get my next guest on. He is a fantastic person that is going to be um, going into law enforcement. He's my son, standing about six two, tall and handsome. I love him dearly, and his name is Paris. Welcome to my show. Uh, good morning, Ma. Good morning, Reg, and good morning, all the listeners. All good right. Morning, <laughs> okay. Now, I, I, you know, I, uh, you know, I had a, a question, you know, because. um you know, with with all of this that happened with what I just read, you know, about the unfortunate um, um, individuals, you know, being killed by this drunk driver. Do you think this should be politicized, um, Paris? Um, I don't know if it's really being politicized. But once the it was a, a, a sports um, athlete, it was going to be in the news. And I think, well, maybe it is being politicized because the the situation around the person that was driving the vehicle, this will be used um, for those that feel like we need stiffer penalties as 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 far as certain individuals that's in this country. Mm-hmm. So I can I I see where you're saying is that it will be politicized. If it hasn't already been, I'm sure this this situation will come up at a later date during during the debate. Mm-hmm. Because it's saying, Reginald, that, you know, because I'm hearing reports, um, Reginald, from Trump that basically is backing up his rhetoric about immigration and building a wall on the taxpayers' backs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think it is being politicized. Uh, just yesterday as I'm driving to work, I tuned in to a couple of um, uh, uh, right-wing talk shows on on uh, on. Uh, XFM and mm-hmm. and Sean Hannity as well. And one mm-hmm. of the guys was I mean, he was just railing about this this incident and saying, Well, this is why we need a wall, this is why blah blah blah. You know, so so they're definitely politicized politicizing it. So 
So, you know, you mm-hmm. can always take a situation where, you know, something unfortunate like that has happened and it just so happened to be a hot button thing that's happening at the time. You know, for instance, mm-hmm. if everybody was eating Cheerios right now and one guy who ate Cheerios decided that he was going to, you know, do something negative or do something negative. See, he eats Cheerios, you know. So that's mm-hmm. what the Republicans do. They jump on, you know, whatever thing. And I'm sure this uh, football player's uh, family is not happy with mm-hmm. the politicizing of his death because that's, that's not a joke. Yes, it's not a joke, Paris. And, you know, my thing is, is that was it politicized when the guy shot up all of those people in Vegas? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You know what I'm that's saying, Paris? Point. Mm-hmm. Very, very good point. We mm-hmm. seem to rush to, to, to deem him um, crazy and trouble instead of what he truly was, and that's just a terrorist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I don't see them. You know, they've been doing follow-up investigations and all of this kind of jazz, but you know, um, they haven't they haven't said anything about um, you know about. Um, Anything else, you know, there's like, oh, well, he killed up all these people and blah, 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 blah. And here this man, you know, was in the hotel room shooting up all these people. And it was a, a and it was a Latina individual that actually confronted him in the beginning. OK, this man is hauling back enough um, um, weaponry that he could go and fight over in the Afghanistan war for about six months. But nobody never noticed him. You know what I'm saying? OK. Um, OK, go ahead. If I could just jump in quickly with that. And sure. so here, here, here's the thing, how they're, how they be the Republicans, and I'll just call it out, how they're politicizing this. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, whenever there's an unfortunate terrorist act like the one in, uh, uh, Las Vegas, the first thing that the Republicans in the NRA say, well, you know, we don't need, we, we, we need to, you know, let it heal. We don't need to talk about guns. We don't need to, you know, talk about, you know, we have enough laws in, on the book already. So when something like this happens, now they don't want to talk about it. You know, when, mm-hmm. when the Democrats say, hey, you know, we need, uh, this is a perfect example of what we need to have, you know, laws against, um, uh, you know, these buck stops or whatever they, they are, you know, the, you know, the, the extra long magazines, you know, for guns and pistols. Oh, no, we don't need to talk about that, you know. So, but when something like this unfortunate incident with this football player happens, oh, they want to jump on that, like, you know, like 40 going north. Mm hmm. Paris, your comment? I, I, I I agree, um, um, wholeheartedly. And I'm, I'm trying to do some research right now. So you you guys go ahead and I'll, I'll jump back in here in a second if I can find what I'm looking for. (laughs) Okay. No worries. Okay. We're going to, excuse me. Excuse me. Now, the government shutdown. Now, we've talked about this. Paris, you and I have talked about this. Reginald, you and I have talked about this several times. Now, um, the government shutdown, um, they're, they're wanted, they want to do this again. Okay. And, um, the New York uh, Times, um, you know, the New York Times is, uh, had, you know, recorded on February 6th, in part, what, you know, um, Trump has said. And I'm going to play, I'm going to play the, the audio from that. So take a listen 
and then I want you to to um to comment about it and I want to start with uh Reginald first on that. Okay, so listen to the recording. Frankly, I'll go a step further. If we don't change the legislation, if we don't get rid of these loopholes where killers are allowed to come into our country and continue to kill gang members, and we're just talking about MS-13, there are many gang members that we don't even mention. If we don't change it, let's have a shutdown. We'll do a shutdown, and it's worth it for our country. I'd love to see a shutdown if we don't get this stuff taken care of. So we have to strengthen our borders, not by a little bit, but by a lot. We are so far behind the time. And by the way, the world is laughing at us because they can't believe these policies. They don't have it. I could name 15 of them right now. No other country in the world has what we have. And we're going to get it stopped. And if we have to shut it down because the Democrats don't want safety and unrelated but still related, they don't want to take care of our military, then shut it down. We'll go with another shutdown. Okay. Did you hear it now? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, Okay. Fantastic. So, Paris, uh, I'll get back with you, Rachel, because you did start your comment. Paris, I would like to hear what your take is on what I just played. As Rachel just said, it's a joke. He's a joke. He's basically saying that unless, Everybody bows to my irrational um, policies as far as immigration. We're going to shut down the government. That's mm-hmm. basically what he's getting at. You know, just cutting through all the rhetoric. He's trying to yeah. use that as a carrot, whereas if you don't give me what I want, this is what I'm going to do. And there is no way possible that you can say shutting down the government is good for the country. Exactly. My wife works for the government. So you're telling me that my wife being out of work and being furloughed, would be good for me. Please exactly. explain to me how that is good for me and my household. And as far as is taking it? care of the troops, if he wants to do anything as a veteran, he needs to reform the VA system. That mm-hmm. needs to be his first stop. Because our VA system, I can tell you from personal experience, is broke. Mm-hmm. So if he wants to fix something, fix that. But this is just his typical way mm-hmm. of bullying and trying to get what he wants. Exactly, like a like a little like a little kid, you know what I'm saying? Like a like a little kid is how is how he's acting, you know. So uh, Reginald, I want to hear what else you have to say. Yeah, I I, I agree with what Paris was saying, and, and 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 here's the thing: Trump's always saying other other countries are laughing at us. No shit. They're laughing at us because of you. Exactly. Because of, because of you, dude. Because of because you. Your exactly. Your stupidity, your hair, the, you know, the whole bit. We can, I can just a whole bunch of bullet points. So, yeah, he's right on that point. They are laughing at us. And, mm-hmm. you know, I get so sick of him talking about the military. Now, here's a guy who bitched and complained and had three or four deferments. To Six. Dodge the draft. Six. Okay, but but yet he's this. He's just so crazy about the military and and the you know borders. Well, the Ku Klux Klan is here. Other white supremacist groups are here. So you know he's getting using this border stuff as you know a way of, of terrorism. But this country has had uh, internal terrorism from racist groups for years. 
that have nothing to do with people of color or people coming from the border of Mexico. So this is just a this is just you know a dog and pony show that he has. They put something in front of him so he can read it, and his limited knowledge, you know, he throws that in. So so that's all that is. And again, Joe Biden said the best. He's a joke. Hmm. Well, here I want to throw this in. I I agree with what the both of you said, but I just want to say, clean your house before you try to clean mine. Because as I said, we have people going around shooting people every single day. And like I said on my show the last time, we have road rage. Um, we got people um that are uh, massively killing people. We got school shootings. Just had one um in in a state I can't uh, recall right now, and um. <clears throat> And, 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 and the, the, the other thing that, that gets me is that he's had six deferments and then now all of a sudden he's so in love with the military, but he's not. This man wants to be just like the reason that he has this thing with North Korea, Kim Jong Un, because he wants to be like that. He wants to, he wants to be a dictator. He wants this. You know, and he, you know, we, we might as well get into this right now as he's saying, you know, he wants to, he wants this parade. He wants to be saluted. He wants to be, you know, whatever. I mean, cause the man has so many mental issues. It's just totally ridiculous. Okay. And I, you know, he's talking about strengthening our borders. We need to strengthen what's happening in our own country first. We need to, you know, um, there need to be new laws and regulations on racism, um, and and other laws and regulations here in the state of Arizona, people aren't even really required to tether things down, you know, in their in their trucks. You can drive on the highway I-17 and run into a couch or something anytime, a couch or toilet stool. And that's no joke. People who don't live here are listening. This can happen and it causes accidents. The other thing is that I wish the media would confront him. I'm sick and tired of them not doing that. He can name 15 countries. Well, fucking name them. Name 15 countries right now that you're saying that's better than us and that and 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 whatever. Name it. Why don't they do that, Reginald? You know, and and, and I agree with you. I'm just so sick of of these so-called reporters not excuse me, not confronting him. Not confronting Sarah Sanders, not confronting uh, um, gosh, this this other lady who, whose name I can't, who thankfully actually this her name I can't uh, think of right now. But you know, confront him on this stuff. He can't even name fifteen cities in this country, let alone fifteen countries. So exactly. you know, it's, it's just it's just a joke, and this mm-hmm. two year old behavior of of giving me what I want. Or I'm just, you know, going to going to shut down the government. And you're right. He does want to be like Jim Comey. He does want to be like Putin. He does want to be saluted. Now, here's a guy who bitched and complained with the Democrats and didn't applaud his so-called speech uh, at, at, the, at the State of the Union. Now, called them treasonous. It is tre- called it treason. So was it treason when that son of a bitch stood up and, and said when President Obama, Barack Obama was speaking and said, you're a liar? Was that treason? It's exactly. That they're awful, we're awfully quiet about that, you know. Exactly. But uh, but people need, better going to have to rein this dude in sooner or later. It's done more, this, more sooner than later, Paris, you know what I'm saying? Later. Because, you know, he is totally off the chain, you know what I'm saying? 
I, I agree. And it's funny because when he was saying that and when he said the 15 countries, the first thing I thought was someone needs to ask him, name the 15. Is that right? Name the 15 countries right now who you feel like their immigration laws are just superior to ours and they are the models in which we should build our new immigration laws upon. That's exactly what I would ask you. Exactly. That's been the follow-up question. But, hey, they let him off the hook. And as far as his military parade goes, is he crazy? Does he realize how much <laughs> something like that would cost? So what you're mm-hmm. saying is you want to shut down the government, but yet you want to have, a, have military a military parade. parade. That, costs, that will cost millions of dollars. And they're already saying that if they were to take these these big pieces of machinery, Paris and um, uh, uh, Reginald, it would tear up, you know, the asphalt in the street. But you want to take money, as uh, Paris has said, where people who work for the government will be furloughed. So all of you all out there listening to him that are for Trump, this isn't he's not going to pick and choose to say, OK, uh, people who are backing me up. This isn't going to affect you. It's going to affect every damn body in this country. Your ass won't be getting no Social Security checks, disability checks, or anything. You're working for the government. You will be furloughed. So, you know, this is, this is, this is not a good thing. You know what I'm saying? And I just do not understand why Congress is not being Congress and make that isn't that not one of their duties, Reginald Congress, to make sure the president doesn't go far out? Isn't that not one of their duties? Absolutely. And, you know, I'll go back to what Paris was saying. How You know, his wife works for the government. So how how is that not a good thing? Exactly. If, if, if I'm not getting a paycheck, how is that not a good thing? How, exactly. But, you know, but with Congress, they're so wrapped up in this. And this makes me wonder, uh, like like Trey Gowdy. Now all of a sudden he's not going to run again. Mr. Benghazi had a gazillion investigations on Benghazi, but now he has nothing else, nothing to say about this. McConnell, he's a tra- he's he's a traitor and a treason. Ryan. So with them being so quiet, exactly, you wonder how are Thank they you. wrapped up in this mess too? Because to, exactly. communication. When people don't talk, yes. it's as effective as people who do talk. And you listen exactly. to those who don't talk when the crap hits the fan to wonder, hmm, why aren't you saying anything? Well, you know, Paris, it has been reported that 29 people, um, you know, in the government are not, you know, Republicans will not be seeking reelection this year. Now, if for you know, having been on this earth for a, a bit, if, if if a person is saying twenty nine, it's really more than that. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I think because I think some of those Republicans honestly don't want to be associated with what's going on. They know that the writing is on the wall, and then there's others like Reginald had, had said. There's others that are going to be implicated in things that's coming down the pipe. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why 29 of them are just deciding, I don't want to get, you know, that's it, I'm done. Exactly. Also, you don't, also in Congress, you know, if you serve one term, you get full benefits for the rest of your life. That's something else we need to look at. But, hey, oh, know, it's not like oh, you're really doing anything. So. Uh, yeah, that's a whole nother I'm discussion, sure. okay? <laughs> that's a whole nother discussion, all right? Now, 
Let's talk about, um, oh, wait, let me ask, uh, Reginald, do you have a hot topic you would like to discuss? Um, uh, actually, you know, I had a hot topic and I thought of that yesterday, but, but I want to switch my hot topic. Okay. Uh, uh with it being, with it being Black History Month. Uh huh. Um, you know, so I just wanted to, uh, say a little about, about Black History Month, if that's okay. Yeah, okay, I'll I'll give you a minute because I also need to give Paris a minute. Go ahead. Oh, oh okay, me? Yeah, yeah, yes, you go no, first. No, no. That's what I'm saying. You know, I have to keep it, you know, you have to remember, okay. you know, that I, I got to keep in time. So I want to give you uh, a, a minute to talk and then afterwards Paris can have a minute to talk about his hot topic. Okay, okay, quickly. So yeah. um, um, with, with, with Black History Month, um, I know Stacy Stacy Dash has said, "Well, why do we need a Black History Month?" Well, okay, let me educate you a little here, little sister, if you're listening. Regarding Black History Month, you had mentioned earlier Sister Shirley Chisholm, uh, who mm-hmm. I who I totally admired, and also Shirley Chisholm was the first Black person, first woman to run for president in 1972. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Um, shout out to Althea Gibson. Uh, who in 1957 and 1958 was the first black woman to win Wimbledon. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Venus Williams, uh, Arthur Ashe in 1968, who was the first black man to, to win, uh, Wimbledon. Um, uh, just quickly, some, uh, inventions made by, uh, black Americans. And I'm just going to list them, list them right quick. And that would be, uh, the mailbox, the stoplight, the gas mask. The elevator, the third electric rail, walkie-talkie, blood bank, refrigerator, car truck, uh, first open-heart surgery, first uh, uh, laser surgery, um, uh, the motor that runs your convertible top in your car, uh, the folded airplane wings um, during World War II, light bulb filament, ice cream, potato chips, peanut butter, air conditioning. Uh, uh, DeSalvo was the founder of uh, Chicago. Uh, the ironing board. The hair permanent, uh, 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 Christmas Addis was the first person killed, first, first person and first black man killed during the Revolutionary War, and the cotton gin. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's my hot topic. All right. Well, you know, I certainly appreciate that because, you know, one of the uh, premises of my show is to educate people. And I want people to be educated. And it's not saying that my listeners are not educated, but, you know, there are some out there who may not, as I said before, be privy to the to the great things that, you know, black Americans, people of color, the huge contributions um, that have been made to this this to society as a whole. You know, so um, I thank you for that. Uh, Paris, you have a hot topic. I'm not, I'll just piggyback off what um, Reginald said as far as Stacey Dash. Whenever I hear a person say something like that, I think that they are forgetting that the, the main point of looking back at, at history like this and looking and seeing what people have done is that it, it inspires people. It, it mm-hmm. inspires our youth. And that's something mm-hmm. Stacey Dash must realize is that we have a certain um, amount of our, our populace and our youth that are lost that they can need this inspiration because they don't know the true greatness that they come from. And just mm-hmm. finding out like, hey, you know, you know, this is something that, that, that someone that looks like me did. Someone did the open heart surgery. Someone created that third reel right there as so a standing on the platform. That can inspire mm-hmm. people. 
mm-hmm. point that she's really missing, you know, her and so many others when they say, well, you know, why do we have to have this? And second and most importantly is that if we didn't have this, it would never be talked about. Exactly. And, you know, and, 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 and mm-hmm. there's a reason for, for, for that. There's a reason why we do have this. And I think it's very important. Exactly. And and isn't that something, uh, Paris and Reginald, the things that I mean, it is a tremendous amount of, of things that were contributed and still are being contributed into society. But yet, you know, now this once again, let me disclose this. This does not take away from our other brothers and sisters of other races that have made huge contributions to society. Right now we're honoring Black History Month, okay? Um, so, you know, I appreciate and applaud everything that all inventions that are particularly beneficial to man, okay? Um, but I want to say this, um, too, is that, you know, bring up the fact that, you know, uh, you know, it hasn't been that long since um, you know, slavery was abolished. Okay, if you think about it, and so they're 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 still trying to keep up this negative bullcrap. You know, like Trump said in his speech. You know that. Uh, well, what do you have to lose? You know, vote for me. You don't have nothing. You know, you don't. You know, you 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 get shot when you come out your house. I mean, he was just he was he was he was. You know, I am. You know, he was the devil himself standing up there saying that, you know, and um, I would like to, you know, erase and diminish and delude all of that talk, be it him or anybody else, to let people of color know that you come from greatness. First of all, you were created by God. He created you in his image. He didn't make any junk. All right. He didn't make any junk. Everybody has a prime purpose on this earth. And we're not all supposed to be singers, rappers, actors, and all of this other stuff. We all have a prime purpose on this earth that will be beneficial to our soul. And the thing is, is that we're supposed to gravitate to, to, to our betterment so that our consciousness is lifted. Okay. Just know that we aren't any better than anybody else on this earth. Trump ain't no better than me. He's no better than uh, Reginald. He's no better than Paris. He's no better than my daughter-in-law, my husband, my grandkids, my youngest son, and any of you out there. I want you to know that what separates us, what heightens us, what differentiates us is our consciousness. Okay? So I just want to say that. All right. Thank you, gentlemen, for that. That was good. Okay? I'm off my soapbox now. Now, NTSB looks at disabled signals lock switch in latest deadly Amtrak crash. This is being reported by Heavy.com on February 5th. Now, Paris, the report states in the following. Federal investigators say a track switch locked in the wrong position appears to have led to Sunday's deadly Amtrak collision with an idle CSX freight train. And they are hesitant to say this latest wreck the fourth fatal Amtrak incident in seven weeks is part of a broader problem with which some have called a lax safety culture at Amtrak. Well, now this says investigators for the National Transportation Safety Board appear to be focusing on two possible related problems, Paris, that may have contributed to the head on collision. One is the position of a track switch that steered the passenger train off the mainland track 
onto the siding where the freight track was parked. Two is that wayside signals in the area were down for maintenance and upgrades and inoperative at the time of the crash. Your comments, Paris? It sounds like a, a lax culture on Amtrak's part that I'm, I know a little bit about maintenance and I know a little bit about trying to keep things safe. And that usually starts with the culture that you have. And mm-hmm. this isn't the first rodeo for Amtrak and they really need to get a, a handle on this because it seems like when it comes to their maintenance practices, they aren't doing what they're supposed to do as far as making sure that there's checks and balances to make sure that each organization is talking to another. You know, if mm-hmm. the switch is down, then the conductor should know. Mm-hmm. If there's something that's broken in, in the communication there within their, their, their business that is causing these accidents, along with mm-hmm. the faulty equipment. So at this point in time, they need to pull every switch and, and do a check and make sure that they don't have faulty equipment on these tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reginald, your your um, take on that? Yeah, I I, I agree, and uh, you know because uh, wasn't recently there was a uh, an accident uh, I think in Washington State, you know, a couple months ago, where you know a train fell off of the uh, overpass, and uh, and it was something that didn't regulate the train. It was going uh, what was going like. 60 and a 35 or, or, or something like that, you know. So, uh, so you know, it has to be something with, with, with the maintenance and lack thereof or something like that, you know. So uh, that, that needs to, look, you know, be looked into because, uh, you know, we have, uh, uh, you know, people's lives in, in our hands, you know, the, the men and women who are, you know, operating those trains and, and things like that, you know. And I know they want to do, the best they can, and they're doing the best they can, uh, but they need the, mm-hmm. the right equipment uh, where they could do the best job that they can. Yeah. Now, having worked for uh, the railroad for a long time in my um, in my uh, uh, career, <clears throat> and I was just um, uh, writing down some notes uh, as Paris was talking about communication problems. Um, I feel that communication problems is one of the um, unfortunate main factors, um, um, you know, in this within this organization. And I think they need to look at that. I think they need to be more um, expeditious um, in their repairs. They're somewhat lax in that. I'm, I'm just wondering, Paris and Reginald, could it also be a lax in educated people working, um, you know, in this in this uh, community of repair um, you know, for the railroad tracks and what needs to be done, because, you know, a lot of, um, um, you know, they've gotten rid of a lot of uh, baby boomers. You know, when you hit the uh, age of uh, uh, 45 or 50, you know, it's like, oh, OK, we need to um, hire somebody else in here. And they're nowhere near educated. You understand what I'm saying, Paris? Yes, it could be that technology has passed a certain amount of, of the workers by. And, you know, jobs like that tend to be, you know, um, the good old boy network. You know, mm-hmm. have to unionize job with the railroad and things like that and getting in and, and being a maintenance officer. So that very well could be that they don't have the necessary training because I'm sure if technology has progressed, so has the systems that's, that's used on, on those trains and on the mm-hmm. trains. So there, there mm-hmm. could be a breakdown where the, their were, uh, workforce right now isn't properly trained. Mm-hmm. Reginald? 
Yeah, yeah, good point about the technology. You know, if you think just, uh, you know, just our regular technology, how it's changed in the past 10 years, in the past 20 years, you know, uh, you know, hey, 20 years ago, uh, most people weren't walking around with, um, you know, with the cell phone. Uh, I know 20 mm-hmm. years ago, I still had a beeper, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we didn't have how many people had uh, uh, computers and printers in their home 20 years ago. You know, we're just talking 20, 15 years ago. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the technology, uh, maybe they're not keeping up with the technology or things like that. You know, I don't know, but. But, but but it's important. Um, you know, again, the infrastructure needs to be uh, improved, and and all of that I think is is part of improving the infrastructure. The infrastructure, uh, you know, the technology part as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, on that on that say wave wavelength, uh, because um, a lot of the uh, railroad. Um, portions of the railroad uh, follow under the governmental guidelines. I know that from having worked for them. Um, So speaking of that, I also want to um, give a shout out to the post office. Um, You guys need to get your act together because I feel that you're also having some of the same issues that we're talking about that the railroad is having. You know what I'm saying, Paris and Reginald? Like the communication, um, you know, the people that that they're hiring for the um, for the post office, uh, um, the lack of training. There's so many people complaining about I'm not getting my mail. People are bringing other people their mail. And I mean, and this also goes to the UPS drivers and other drivers that are delivering mail. They're so quick to want to get things done in a hurry that they are not being, um, God, what is the word I'm looking for? They're not being um, cognizant enough to make sure that they're delivering things to the right person. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Yeah, just last week <laughs> I had mail that um, that didn't belong to me in, in my mailbox. And, and that's been happening uh, a lot recently, probably within the last maybe two or three months. Uh, I mm-hmm. remember having two or three uh, letters and things, you know, that didn't belong to me. And, and a month or so ago, a gentleman had knocked on my door uh, and uh, gave me a letter um, uh, that he had in his mailbox, and, and actually, I don't know what apartment he was he was from, you know. So, so, so that's a good point. It's, uh, and I think a lot of you know with UPS and and FedEx and, and the post office, there, you know, so much emphasis on getting it there, getting it there, that there may be a lack of of training and looking into. Uh, uh, you know, what's, that's what's the word I'm looking for, of, of making sure the job is done, maybe for lack of a better uh, a term that I'm looking for, but making sure that the job is done right and not just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Paris, I have a question for you. Um, do you think that in the, you know, in, in all of this craziness that we're talking about with the post office, UPS, and all the other delivering uh, services out there, um, I, do you think that competition can be blamed for the root of, of a lot of their uh, individuals besides not being uh, trained uh, properly. The reason that um, a lot of people are not getting their packages, packages go missing, um, and, you know, they just aren't giving you the service that, that you're asking for when you pay them um, for, you know, to do a service. After spending it, um, about three weeks at UPS, I am surprised that we actually get anything on time. 
after seeing the process of hand. And right, it is competition. We can blame the evil empire Amazon for this. Because what Amazon did with their system and them guaranteeing two two-day service, I mean, we're to a point now where they said that 75% of Americans have Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 you know, have an Amazon Prime account. So what Amazon has done is forced everyone else to try to keep up. Mm-hmm. So it has forced everyone to try to do the two-day service, the, the two-day mm-hmm. service. And what I saw from the inside was a workforce that is not properly trained, but is just being told they need to do more. 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 And mm-hmm. it's no real mm-hmm. incentive in them doing more. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so if, the, you're, if you're going to raise the morale of 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 the workforce, you, there has to be incentives where you're constantly telling the person to do more. And I know I shared this story with Reginald, but when I was there, uh, one of the managers came down and told us that they, you know, they expected one missed package out of I forgot the number she said. I want to say it was like ten thousand or fifteen thousand. Oh. Um, packing. So I did the math real quick, and I'm like, do you realize that's like almost less than 0%? I'm like, that's not attainable. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not a realistic goal to mm-hmm. for people, especially when you see how they do it. It's, it's sort of an old antiquated system with a bunch of belts and bins that I don't think is made to keep up with the volume that goes through these, these companies um, in today's market. Mhm. You know, because as you were saying, Paris, chiming in on what you're saying, they want you to do more. But having been in the corporate world and managed individuals and things, um, you know, I, you know, they're still doing the same stupid thing. They want you to do more with less training and less of a support system. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's just ridiculous, you know, and then people, um, it's like, for example, I mailed off a package. And, um, you, you know, instead of like rerouting it to the right person, <clears throat> there is there in their zip code, they're sending it back to me. You, you understand what I'm saying? 20 years ago or 10 years ago, they would have forwarded on to the, um, you know, to the addressee with no, with no problems, you know, but they're going to send it back. And then, you know, I got to send it back again, which I'm going to make them pay for. I mean, it's just, it's just it's just totally ridiculous, you know. Um, okay. The other thing I want to talk about is that also about Amtrak. Um, you know, they were they were saying that um they well just yesterday or day before yesterday rather, there was another train accident where the train you know, basically, you know, the part where people, you know, you're able to go from car to car and it just basically split apart. I mean, that's just lack Paris. As I said, we haven't worked for the railroad before. That's just a lack of people not being trained properly because I see what's going on. You know, so I think this is what I think for all of anybody listening from Amtrak the post office and, 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 and UPS stores and things, UPS and all of that. You need to get these people back that you, that you, you know, wanted to leave and, and put out the pasture so they can come back and give these people some knowledge of what it is to do things right. You know what I'm saying, Paris? Yes, it is. There's a, a break 
right now between, you know, if you look over all industries, you know, not just the, the, the railroad or, or the post office, there seems to be a break in, in management and trying to make sure that the workforce that you have is, is compensated correctly and trained correctly. Training is a mm-hmm. major factor in all of these businesses that are, that are customer service orientated. And I can guarantee you what happened with your package was the person saw that and saw that it was, you know, it wasn't going to the right, the right place. But it take, but instead of taking that extra little three to four minutes that it would have taken for them to reroute it to the correct person because you said it was still in the same um, zip code, it's easier mm-hmm. just to throw it in the, it's just easier to throw it in the mis, the mislabeled bin. Isn't that crazy? And that's what Isn't that crazy? And that's what you're trained. If it's not right, hey, just throw it in the mislabeled bin. Now, I don't know what happens to all the packages in that bin. Who knows where they go or who fixes them. But I guarantee you that's what happened to your piece of mail. Yeah, isn't it, isn't it crazy? Because when I was in high school, I also did a short stint at the post office as well. And, and they still, I see, you know, it, it, it still attributes to what I say. Man never, <laughs> never changes. They just keep doing the same thing. Over and over again, over again, they may tweak it a little bit and and whatever, you know, do stuff, stupid stuff like, you know, uh, in my opinion, what a waste of money that Elon Musk shot up this thing with the car floating around in the heavens. That's that's just about it's crazy. But you know what? Guess what, Reginald? I'll give you I'll give you the last word for about 30 seconds because, you know, I got about a minute left. Okay, I guess I'll, I'll just comment on what Paris is saying. I mean, that, that's ridiculous that, you know, it, it just gets thrown into the misplaced bin or whatever, then it goes all back over again. So, yeah, they, they need to improve that. And, and the zip code, which was uh, implemented in 1966, before that it was called a zone. If you listen to one of Elvis Presley's song, Return to Cinder, Address Unknown, mm-hmm. No Such Zone. So in 1966, the zip code was was implemented, which was supposed to eliminate all of this. But here it is, 1966, 2018. Okay. Well, there you go. A testament to what I just said, that man just keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again with very little steps towards doing the right thing. Well, I thank you both for being on my show. And um, it was a great discussion. I hope that you all... Um, uh, out there listening to me got um, great information. I hope you were educated on something. I hope you um, got a, a, a bit of a laugh out of something. And um, I will be returning on the 22nd of February. I will be term- returning back with my guests, Rachel C. Campbell and Paris M. Daniel. And um, on, the, on behalf of all of us, I wish you the best. Uh, best. Be safe out there. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to uh, one another. And God bless. This is Teresa E. Keeves. 